This is Duke Nukem, and when I'm not out slaying aliens and saving Earth's babes, I'm listening to Podcast Unlocked. Hail to the podcast, baby! Podcast Unlocked. Welcome, friends. It's another episode of Podcast Unlock, the world's number one Xbox podcast, episode 261. 261. We're, g- we're going to be at 300 before we know it. Better start making the plans. I'm going to have to. Yeah, what are we going to do for that? I don't know. It's got to be something good because we didn't do anything for 250. Huh. So Live at the Apollo Theater. Please. <laughs> Out in New York? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would love an excuse to go to New York. Any excuse I can get I to go. I feel like it would be fun if we did it at the PlayStation Theater. <laughs> just, Man, just for the appeal of that, that'd be awesome. <laughs> there is the well, was, isn't it the what's the one right at LA Live? Because it used to be the Nokia Theater, but Microsoft is it the I Microsoft still call Theater? It, oh, there's no way, right? No, seriously, I really? Still call it you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, right? no, no, no. But I still call it the Nokia Theater. But I also, think, I didn't realize you guys pronounce that that way. What do you pronounce it as? Nokia. Nokia. Interesting. Nokia. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like Nissan. Polyphony. Polyphony. Yeah, I screwed that one up. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. That's forty episodes away, though, right? That's so. What does that put us like? Time. That's kind of well, next year at yeah, this point. It, we've managed to stay pretty regular, mm-hmm. eating all of our fiber. Mm-hmm. Um, poop jokes. Hashtag poop jokes. <laughs> and so it's they've been falling around E three, which is actually awful. Oh, oh yeah. Because two hundred. Huh. Oh was, right, because two hundred one was yeah at E three, literally at E three. Two fifty was, I think, <clears throat> actually our either. Is wasn't that. No, it was the, the live show, wasn't it? After yes, I think the live sh- the live show at E three was, was. two fifty. Yeah, which so I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, E three is cool. Anything that's really like spectacle oriented, I think the fans really like, and I enjoy to produce. And or just yeah. something that isn't in this stuffy little room. Exactly. Yeah, that gets <laughs> so true. hot and muggy. Yeah, like, really five minutes after recording. <laughs> so we'll have to come up with something. Maybe 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 we can get Phil to come. We can Ooh, get awesome. uh, cool. some of our other developer friends to come and hang out. <laughs> I say we make it a spectacle, man. Like, you ever see what Rooster Teeth does with Let's Play Live? Oh, I would I've love seen to do Didn't they that. just stop that? Yeah. Like, like well, last I don't know. week? I don't exactly know. No, they've been one? doing, they've been doing, well, yeah, they had one really recently, but they've been doing Let's Play Live for a while We now. could maybe fill up the front row. You yeah, know, and, and if we just film it, if you if you shoot it, it'll look like a full theme. Don't worry, I'll like CG Edit a bunch it. of people in <laughs> yeah. post. Yeah. Oh, like we'll uh, just, like Guitar Hero of, Live. Yeah, yeah exactly. we have a lot of cardboard cutouts in the office. We'll That's just, true. We'll just fold them and put them in seats. Yeah, as long as you're okay with them being Robert Pattinson and, <laughs> all, and what's his name? Lincoln, Andrew Lincoln. Yes, those are the only two that we have. It's Robert Pattinson. <laughs> That's been the new thing around the IGN office is uh, people will, somebody is just diligently working, like focused and oh, working. Yeah. And somebody quietly sneaks up and puts the cardboard cutout right behind them so that when they turn around, the hope is that they'll just freak oh, out. Yeah, oh, yeah, it no, absolutely it, freaked me out. Yeah, yeah I, got, I, I got a scream out of Naomi and out of Brian because <laughs> I put it in the, in the green room, like right as you open the door oh, and in course. the dark, and yeah. it's like right there in your face. It's great. The one that it, it really wigs me out when it's uh, in the men's room stall. So yeah. it's just like peeking over. So someone, someone put it on the table in the men's room stall, and it's like as soon as you walk in, there's just a head up there looking at you. <laughs> And you're like, Ugh. 
it's a little creepy. Parkhurst <laughs> tried to get me yesterday. Uh, I was walking out the door, and I went I went out the stairs way, mm-hmm. uh, and he, he put it right through that door. But I was I was looking at my phone, so I kind of looked like it didn't get like it it I stopped and it, but it, it didn't cause a physical reaction. Right, so right. I think he was a little disappointed. These are the shenanigans that go on at IGN on a regular Can you basis. Get cardboard cutouts like custom made. Oh, I'm sure you. Because I think there's a character that I really want to get Max for his birthday, <laughs> which is in November, so it's still a little way away. But I've, I'm not going to say who it is because I feel like someone out of spite would tweet him and spoil yeah. the surprise. But I really want to do it. It's like I don't know. How That's a really good cost. idea. I thought you were going to just get like a cardboard cutout of Max. No, and then just like I would love well, to get cardboard cutouts of all of our people here. Did you see when he put the Robert here. Pattinson in the Hawaiian shirt and put sunglasses on it? <laughs> it literally looks like I, him. I spoke it looks like to Matt. it multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Matt. Oh wait, never That's mind. not a real person. Nope. <laughs> It was really good. He sent a joke email saying that he was going on holidays and Robert Pattinson was his replacement. And Fran replied seriously and was like, did we approve this ad? <laughs> it's like, it was a joke. Boy, he really, he set himself up there and nobody took advantage of, you know, they could have just been like, oh, well, I'm sure we won't even notice a difference. Yeah, no, nobody exactly nobody took him up on that? Oh, yeah, that's true. Leave it to Fran. Man. We just have Brian talking to himself on Up at Noon. It'd be great. <laughs> Oh my goodness! So uh, yeah, this, as you can tell, we're maybe a little bored here in the doldrums of summer as we start yeah. to. We're, 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 it's this is it, and then we're going to come out of it and go into the, the calm before the be storm. Yeah. You know, we're going to complain at the end of the year about how oh, much yeah. stuff we have to play. Yeah. Whereas right now we're like, <laughs> I have <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I started Deus Ex. I really like it. So I, I downloaded it. I haven't I'm played it yet. Super early, but I I like a lot of what it's doing. Mm. I kind of been on the road a lot recently, so I haven't had a chance yet. But I'm really interested in it. After I read Vince's review, I'm like I never got around to playing Human Revolution because yeah. it came like right there at the end of the 360 generation, didn't it? Uh, 2011. Yeah. So uh, okay, so maybe not quite really. the end. I don't you just probably. I mean, there were probably a million other games that came out at the same time. I don't think it would That's have true. aged too well. Really? Yeah. Like I don't know if it would work now. Well, I kind of had that suspicion, I mean, but I mean, people say it's like. People say game. the game's really good, right? It's yeah. The boss fights are awful, yeah. mm-hmm. which is all well chronicled at this point. But the rest of the game's great. Yeah. yeah. So I have yeah, I have I have a huge amount of interest in a game like that. I'm very like just as a person, I'm very into sci-fi and kind of like I love RPGs well, and great storytelling. So it seems like it's right up my alley. I'll mm-hmm. tell you this then one th- one of the things I really like about my initial foray into Deus Ex: Mankind Divided is there is an option in the menu is watch 12 minute recap video of oh what it, happened it literally right. just catch it's a 12 you know it's not just like a three minute super top level like it you know it kind of takes you through the whole story in 12 minutes of the first game to just kind of get you caught up in what's going on and That's i feel cool. like i feel like every sequel should do that yeah or if you or if it doesn't you can rely on ign.com because i did it in five minutes Deus Ex in five minutes live on ign.com Produce that video. I think of War one will be up by the time. They- It'll oh, be, there you it's go. up by the time anybody sees this. Yeah, yeah I actually, just watched it. Just I just published it and had screened it. It's really good. Yeah, yeah you did an it awesome took me job. A really, really long time to. But run actually, it. that's really cool that you bring that up though, because like having produced the Deus Ex in five minutes like video and having not played the Deus Ex games like since the original one, yeah, I had really no idea what was going on. Right, and Wait, uh, you had to write that. No, I produced the video. Oh, I was like, but you know that means like I pulled all the B roll and stuff, and I'm reading the script, and I'm like, what? Like, what do I even look for? Or, like, where does this even happen? Or what game does it even happen? Because there's, like, four games. It's not just Human Revolution uh, that we talk about. Three. three. Well, now okay. there's four. Yeah. Now there's four. Are you ta- I'm, I'm including, like, supposedly there's, like, a, a pretty bad mobile Deus Ex. Not uh, Deus Ex Go. Deus Ex Go is supposed to be really good, actually. I'm yeah. at the end of it now. I'm not quite done. It, 
I like so if you watch the show, you've probably heard I love the Go game. I think everybody loves the yeah. the two Hitman Go and Tumor and Lara Croft Go. It's Deus Ex Go is it does have the challenge, the puzzle challenge to it, but I don't know. There's I almost can't even quite put my finger on it. I just don't quite like it as much mm. as the other two. Maybe it's just a little bit of fatigue because mm. I've yeah. done you know done this format twice before already. But I don't quite like it as well. But it's still really good. It's mm. still I don't play mobile games. Neither do I. I don't play Ever. them. I I find pretty much all of them to be either obnoxious or just dumb or I, they're not for me. But the Go games are still they're the only ones that I play and enjoy. Yeah, really for the I most think that's part. Fair. Well, I mean, there's mobile games that I like, but they're always ports, basically. Yeah. Like, I played a fair bit of Minecraft on mobile. Yeah, I played uh, the Trials Frontier game, the Trials HD, the the mobile version. It's actually pretty That's good. That's on mobile? It's, and it <clears throat> controls better than you think it does. I, you know, I remember playing Trials when it was still in browser. Yeah. It was a browser-based way game back. that we would play Before, in, in classrooms. Like, when teachers weren't looking, we would all just play Trials. It was great. God, Trials is good. Yeah. Last mobile game I played was Game Dev Story. Tiny Wings, maybe? I don't play mobile games yeah. ever, either. It was actually a game that was like Game Dev Simulator. That was pretty fun. <laughs> they're but all, anyway. like, very small. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, De- yeah, Deus Ex, is, it's, it's really solid so far. Definitely recommend giving it a shot. How far are you through Mankind Divided? Oh, just the first, like, mission and a half. Interesting, yeah. Like, one of the things that I saw people talking a lot about on Twitter and on Reddit was the microtransactions, but I can't really seem to get a bead on whether or not this is blown out of proportion and people are angry about nothing, or if the microtransactions are actually intrusive. I mean, it's a single-player game, didn't... so... I mean, if there... Are... I can't imagine there'd be anything that's... That's that bad, right? So that's... The, well, I mean, like I said... I haven't played it, don't really know, and it's hard reading people's comments online to get a sense yeah. of whether or not their claims of it being like obtrusive are valid, but like I need to talk to someone who's played the game before. I mean, people were furious about uh, Phantom Pain and Dead Space 3 having microtransactions before they came out. Right. So it was like the idea, and then in practice it was like, oh, you can oh, completely certainly. ignore these. Oh, yeah. You don't matter at all. You guys remember when... Before Deus Ex got delayed, when they were when Square was going to do that super dumb thing where, if enough people pre-ordered it, they would make it like they would do an, a four-day early release. You guys remember I don't that? Think I remember See, that. They, oh, they've they then they've successfully done wow. their mar- their mind tricks and made you guys forget. We did a whole rant about it on this show of how terrible. disgusting and awful it was. And to their credit, <clears throat> they just they were like, "Yep, that was that was dumb," and they got rid of it. But yeah, they were doing a thing where if you if enough people pre-ordered, they're going to be like, okay, if you... It comes out earlier? Yeah, it'll be like three days earlier. That's ridiculous. But yeah, they, that's they a wise up, and then the game got delayed So anyway. can we talk about pre-order culture, just in general? <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say, like, people pre-orders are... Stop pre-ordering things. It's a red just button, stop hot button issue stuff. right now. Yeah, I, uh, I... I mean, I do it. Here's the thing. So <laughs> I back, do it for statues. Back in the day, because <laughs> uh, I'm old, it, it actually was important... To pre-order, I'll give you a good example. The I know what you're ex- going to say, yeah. So uh, I was crazy excited for Street Fighter 2 to come to the Super NES. It was, I was huge into Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat back then, as everybody was. And <clears> when they, when they came, when those games came home to the consoles, it was a big deal. And I had to pre-order uh, the cartridge at Babbage's or whatever it was because. 
if you didn't, like, they would only get maybe six, yeah, seven, eight, nine copies. you might not get a copy, yeah. Like, yeah. You just might not get it. Now, in the digital age, that's totally... It, and that's... There are unlimited copies, and pre-ordering... It, it, it doesn't... There's not a lot of benefit to it. In fact, for, there's for, almost... For the, for the gamer. There's almost no benefit to it, unless you're buying it for, like, a statue or something like that. the only like time that. I do it is yeah. when it's, Which, like, a limited collector's edition limited. that I want Exactly. Totally. From. And sometimes it's, like, a, yeah, a limited edition or a collector's edition type thing, yeah. where there's those are still probably, oh, like, like those, limited. The, the Destiny Ghosts? Yeah. I still want one of those. <laughs> Me too. And I'm a big Destiny fan. I I'm not even it. a big Destiny fan, and I want one of those. Yeah. Uh, the last game I pre-ordered was... It's uh, Peter Dinklage, which is like, now that's like a collector's item. Is it still yeah. Peter yeah, Dinklage? Well, the, awesome. the ghost was. Yeah, yeah. but is, because, it, is it still? No, no not that's in the game. Nolan North. Because he was... Oh, it's Nolan Remember North they reca- Yeah, they recast the whole... The, all, they, he was what, really bad. They, they <clears throat> retconned Peter Dinklage was, out of the game. It was seriously really bad, which is crazy, because he's a great actor. He just sounded so bored. Uh, well, here's the thing. is like <sighs> That I, wizard came from the moon. Yeah. That's my favorite line. <laughs> I, I, obviously, Peter Dinklage is a fantastic actor. There must have been something more going on behind the scenes there. Just like, you know, either he wasn't given a lot of direction or right. no context for the lines he was saying. I can imagine or him. they told him to be lifeless because he was meant to be a robot. That's possible. I feel like that could be. It, bad direction. But the thing is, like, too. maybe, but potentially, like, if you listen to the dialogue, like, he's supposed to kind of be. The dialogue is written for a charming person, for a charming robot. So it's like, if they gave him the direction, be lifeless and like terrible it's not written that way you know so I mean I give I'm trying to give Peter Dinklage the benefit of the well he's earned that yeah for sure for sure but yeah the last game I pre-ordered was Halo 3 and I got the helmet Mm -hmm. and stuff and like and there's we had a million of them just laying around and I like well I bought it thinking I'm gonna put that thing on my head it's gonna be awesome it's just a slot right it's too small (laughs) you cannot purposely size so that you cannot put it on your head yeah and so I that's the last time I ever made that mistake and I haven't pre-ordered games since and now it's not even really necessary because we live in the digital age and there are no limited editions or limited copies of digital games yeah absolutely and like it's getting to the point for me with uh, collector's editions that it's actually smarter to just wait six months and buy the statue by itself independently which is so here's the other question though yeah uh, I don't have an answer for this, so I want to pose it to you two. Is why do you think people why do, why do gamers pre-order games in such high quantities now? Pre-order culture is definitely a thing, but there appears to be no real incentive for it. I think so. Why? So my answer to your question is because marketing tells them to. Huh. Like marketing is a powerful. So we force. really are just all sheep. I mean, there, there's a reason. Absolutely that, yes. I mean, not to get too <laughs> real, but like, there's a reason that money buys elections. Money buys yeah. ads, which in, you know that's. It's mar- I think it's just, it's just marketing, and that's what the you know. The, otherwise, companies wouldn't wouldn't do it. They wouldn't market if it didn't is it, work. Is it so strong though as to override the notion that like okay, you can pre-order this game, or you can just get it when it comes out because well, it's going to come out. I guess the the point is why not pre-order. So it's like it's not like it has to override anything. It's like True. There's, technically to them, there's no downside to pre-ordering. It's like they partly own something, and people are talking about the game, and they're like, oh yeah, I've already put twenty dollars down on that. <clears> so it's like partly excitement and i know when i was in school i would pre-order like after e3 i would write a list and i would pre-order yeah. everything and i would pay it off bit by bit so it was effectively like i had like a lay-by like i could pay it off really gradually because i wasn't earning much money because i was in school right so that worked really well but now it's just pre-ordering things is like encouraging people to release broken games kind of. and you're you're lit- from a financial perspective i know it's you know it's not much but you are literally giving the store an interest-free loan yeah that's hmm. also true you if you put that money in a in a in a 
IRA or a 401k or something or a high high interest bank account, you'd be making a few pennies That's on true. that. That's true. If you keep that money in your own bank account. You're giving them yeah. free money that they then – remember Make because, interest off of. Well, and then – but they take everybody's pre-order mm-hmm. and they make interest off that and they make lots of money off that. This is why GameStop is still in business. For now. Well, yeah. I think – Pre-owned games <clears throat> are the biggest thing for GameStop. Oh, of course, that's what they hang their hat yeah. on. Yeah, didn't you tweeted something this morning? Uh, yeah, it, it's so I checked that the sale is over now, and and people explained it to me on Twitter, but it just on the surface it looks awful. Yeah, so I, I, went, I, I happened to tweet. so yesterday when I was preparing the show, mm-hmm. I always go I go to Major Nelson's site to see what the digital games are, and then I'll go to GameStop's site to see if there are any big retail releases mm-hmm. this week to make sure if you know if I'm not remembering all of them, and. Uh, there really weren't any, but but they it was like oh Doom nineteen ninety nine. I'm like and for some reason I clicked on it. Uh, That's super and cheap. And at the on GameStop's page at the top, it, there are three prices. There's the buy new price. There's the buy used price, and then there's the buy a download price. Huh. And the, did you buy it? It just ha- the game Doom. It's yeah. ju- it just ended, but it was on sale for twenty bucks. And, and next used to that copy. was the pre-owned price of $53. Yeah, and it's like, what? Oh. And next to that was the buy their download code vert price of $59.99. And so I just, you know, uh, tweeted out my my joking, you know, poking fun at How that. How ridiculous that was. And people explain to me, you know, it's publishers Publisher will sale. incentivize yeah. it so that the stores aren't actually losing money and the whole thing. But it just, you know, when you just look at it, it if you're just on so a web page and you, you click on that, it's like... What do you, you take me for a moron? Yeah. What? Why wouldn't I get this one? <laughs> you know what? I'll have the used copy. I, I think there must be something wrong with the new copy if it's only twenty dollars. <laughs> why would people buy psychology? download codes? Why? Why? I don't know. I well, that's to me that reeks of just brick and mortars desperation to like. Oh, well, kids want to want to download things. Let's condition them to buy their download things from us so we don't go away. That's so strange. I never even heard of that before. <laughs> Why wouldn't you just buy it? What a the- dubious thing to <laughs> ask someone to do. <laughs> like, I just so much of gamer culture. I mean, just so much of culture in general is like so obscured to me. Like, I can't understand it. But that's definitely one of them. I also. I can't. I still can't wrap my head around. You were talking about why wouldn't people pre-order? I'll tell you why. Because so many of those games that people, when they whine about the pre-orders, end up being bad. Well, that's they what don't a lot look of... at it that way, though. Yeah, is the thing. So they don't see that as a component of it. I think most people who pre-order don't even consider that. Well, that's a possibility. And, and the other reason that the publishers love pre-orders is because if all you got to do is look at the comments of any review on any website, and <clears> people that that uh, disagree, disagree with our low scores when, of course, the game hasn't even come out yet. Mm-hmm. It's just the review embargo. Most of those people have pre-ordered. pre-ordered the game, and they, they don't want to be told that they're wrong, quote-unquote, actually, wrong for pre-ordering. Yeah, so they continue to market the game. You're, yeah, they're doing the market yeah. exactly right. You're, you're really tapping into something that I think is like uh, a deep-rooted problem of fandom, especially modern fandom. I, I got into it with someone in the comments recently on an Unlocked video. Maybe it wasn't an Unlocked video. Maybe it was Fireteam Chat. I can't remember anymore. But they accused me of being a fanboy. And basically... I was trying to well, argue that, like, that? well, I you mean, are for about about something. Well, so fanboy has this negative connotation, like you're going to defend the thing you're a fan of, no matter okay, if it's okay, bad or good. Yeah, yeah right? I think and fanboy is, is like blind love; you will right. not accept. Okay. Yeah, or blind hate, right? Yeah. So, like, you don't want to be that type of person. And on the internet, there's they're they, they're in droves; they exist in droves, right? Like, 
I think the argument to be made is like those people who are and who they're the ones who are being taken advantage of the most because, like you said, they become the marketing arm of these people's pub, like these pre-order publishing giants, like pawns right? in the marketing chess game. Yeah, because they know, at least on some level, and it's a cynical thought to think that these companies know that those people will defend the game, whether whether it's good or bad, and in the end, they're the ones who will end up paying for it out of their own pockets, right? And that's kind of a bummer. And I think like if people just take a step back and realize like instead of being fanboys of brands or games or something like that, if you just are a fan of games, like that'll give you a perspective that's a little bit more objective and then you will save money and you'll actually have a better understanding of Do the whole landscape. you mean play games and not systems? Exactly. What? That's the thing. What are you talking about? My li- entire livelihood is attached to the name on the front of this plastic box. Yeah, like someone, yeah, someone accused me of being an Xbox fanboy and I was like, PlayStation games and Nintendo games are built into my DNA, but... I'm more a fan of you should get games a doctor to look at that, by in the way. General. That could be cancer. No, I, don't, if, I, I if, wanted if to stay that way. You know, gonna, <laughs> I wanted to stay that way. I think uh, one thing I always find really weird is mm. if this, something has come out and I criticize it, people seem to assume that means I hate it. Exactly. I'm more likely to criticize something that I really <clears> Absolutely. like. I had to review Valley last week or two yeah. weeks ago, and I just didn't care. Like my, I gave it a five, which is mediocre. And it right. was so hard for me to criticize that game because I just didn't want to do the review because I didn't care about it either way. It's like, nothing in this is investing me. Whereas if it's a game that I love, I'm much more likely to look for something to criticize to see, like, this is how I would improve this thing that I already totally love. Well, You're look, absolutely look, right. look no further than uh, we caught a <clears throat> lot of heat from the audience for our Halo 5 discussion mm-hmm. after and you know we ripped that campaign a new one because mm-hmm. it deserved it it was an awful awful campaign and people were you know they were not happy to hear that right then, so they say like you're not a real Xbox right. fan like, but it's actually that you love Halo it's actually the opposite yeah. yeah it's I love Halo so I'm going to I'm going to sing its praises when it's awesome which I you know I love 4 I love you know a lot of them uh, most of them in fact except for 5's campaign but yeah when it's if it's bad you're going to I'm going to be the the loudest yeah. one in the room saying, exactly. here's why this is terrible, you what happened? Im- you don't improve something that you like by just saying it's good all the time? And that something... Yeah, why be a yes man? <clears throat> then nothing ever... That's exactly yeah. my point. I said that in my... I said that in the comments when I got into it with this guy. Like, that's part of the thing that I think modern fandom obscures is, like, criticism is not the same thing as negativity. Correct. Like, that's true. people perceive criticism as you're hating on something, and that's not true at all. Like, we criticize the things we love because we want them to be better because we love them. And we exactly. want them to be yeah. awesome. Like I'm the biggest Halo fanboy. Saying, saying, yeah, the biggest one I love. I, I, st- I wanted to stop short of saying fanboy because I just said I wasn't <laughs> a fanboy of fan. anything. I think yeah, fanboy. I'm a huge fan. supporter of Halo. I love Halo. I love the franchise. I've played it ever since the beginning, and I still play it all the time. But I will not defend a game blindly if it's not good because I'm a bigger fan of games than I am yeah. of Halo. And just the same way, like I love movies so much that I won't defend a bad Halo movie just because it's Halo, right? If I'm a fan of your thing, that doesn't mean you can't do no you can't do any wrong. Correct. And I yeah. think that's what criticism's role in the landscape of media is, is to be that voice that kind of gives the audience and consumers uh, a lens to look at something through a different perspective. And not necessarily one that's diametrically opposed to your own, but like if you understand that 
Sean Finnegan is a big Halo guy. When he's talking about Halo, you may want to keep that in the back of your head if you're not a big Halo person and just understand that our perspectives may not line up. And that's okay if they don't. Mm -hmm. I'm not hating you or attacking you. And, And I think a lot of people just, they can't, they either refuse to know the difference or just can't tell the difference that 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 hatred that's not criticism yeah and criticism isn't exactly hating on it it's yeah. become much more things. obscured totally. with like again just everyone has a platform to express an opinion and sometimes those opinions are not valid opinions and sometimes they are blind hate and then it becomes a flame war that's all over the internet so i can understand that it's, there's so much noise out there that it can be kind of tough to filter out at times but that's what i try and reiterate all the time here yeah i, I was on the uh Post shows for Xbox and PlayStation at E3. And one thing that I tried to do that people were kind of angry at me for is everyone else on those panels, especially the PlayStation one, was just super excited about the whole thing. And I think part of the role of companies like IGN is to be like, okay, this is presented to us as marketing. What are some things that didn't look that good? Like, I feel like that's part of it is to cut through the fact that they are just trying to sell you something in right. E3. It's like, you can totally be excited about games. And there was yeah, stuff that I, I mean, was like, they're this dog and pony amazing. shows. That's what the E3 press like conferences are. Like Sea of Thieves, are. right? You didn't like that presentation. I didn't like the presentation, then I loved the game. Exactly. So it's something that you look at as like, even though I love this and I, I want to love this thing, it's something that you should look through or try to address in a way that you still can criticize it because it is marketing and it is trying to make money and it's like I don't think that we should look at conferences like that despite how exciting and extravagant they are and they're so awesome to watch uh, but I don't think that we should ever look at them as something that we just want to take positively you know how people like say this one won and this one yeah. won like I kind of don't like that culture it's like they presented these things everybody won during E3 week because pretty much <laughs> at least <laughs> the answer is that and Sony's gamers fans. always win yeah. yeah yeah that's true I mean yeah I think I, I totally think you're right like it's one, it's dumb to kind of, you know, they're all awesome shows, right? And they're all awesome games that they're putting out there for the most part and, like, getting people excited. Like, why does one company have to have done it better than the other company? I don't really know. I, would I don't think there's any, it like... like, this presentation was the best in this <clears throat> specific conference. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that Days Gone was a bad part of, or, or the lowest part of the uh, PlayStation conference just because it was just like a zombie shooter. That's what I thought mm-hmm. of that. Well, and of People course- were so mad at me for saying that. It was like I literally just thought it looked like a... I well, missed the PlayStation conference. And they both had different goals. Like, I mean, you know, if you looked at the Microsoft con- conference was very much about, I don't know, I mean, I don't want to get too far into the weeds with back at E3, but the Microsoft conference was was very much focused on 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, there, the, you know... Stuff coming so, out this So year. things might not have been necessarily as as new and sexy as they were at the PlayStation conference, but they were like, here's everything, here's all the cool stuff we're doing this year. Yeah. And they, whereas the PlayStation stuff was more a, was a little more forward-looking. Yeah, the stuff like, we want to see for There's some new, exciting things, but they're, you're not going to get to see them for quite that a while. That Kojima game, though? Like, when is that going to Oh, gonna... man, yeah. So that's the thing is, that's five years away. <laughs> that's totally five years away. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know where... Like, I'm... I'd rather not see games like that at a conference, because I'm going to get fun, excited though. about them. I, I and do then I'm like going to wait for years. Yeah. It's, it makes E3 fun when you yeah, get those surprises. Yeah, but five years away? Come on. Well, we don't well, know that. That's, that's but a... let's guess. That's definitely going to be okay, five years right? away. But, but, but I like that's... that excitement. I like that hype. Like, that, I think, is fun. I it's... don't mind getting hyped. I just would like to be hyped about a game that's, like, available next year, or maybe potentially two years away. So, 90 8% of the games 
fall into both the category. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're picking on an exception here. I mean, that's... Well, yeah, that one. But if you're not going to have... Kojima, I mean, there's one of those... Like, there's but one even, even No Man's Sky, right? We saw that before it released. Didn't we see that three years ago? Wasn't that Correct. 2013 but, but, that we yeah, saw that's, that? Yeah, that's just game development. I mean, that's... That, yeah, that, you, oh, yeah, totally. But I mean, that's the thing. is like, it's on Sony or whoever's doing the conference to yeah. not put a game out there that they know is not going to be finished for so well, long. Well, I... No, I don't think. Didn't so. Didn't we talk about this before on the show? Like, where like sometimes there's this diminishing returns thing. Where like if you yes. if you announce a game too early and well, then, yeah, below we were talking about this with below. with below and uh, I mean Cuphead is a victim of that right now. Yeah, like yeah. there's immediate hype for the game because it looks cool, and then there's sustained hype for a period after that. But then after longer and longer of not seeing it and going radio yeah. silent in some cases, people start to yeah, lose you interest. You can show it and show it like the problem again. there is marketing teams not. Mm sustaining the hype properly like well, they have their release date. i know nintendo does this where they really strictly have their release date like penciled in and then they have the marketing plan and that's why they just don't I, delay things so like this yeah, month we're doing this, thing. this I, month but it can't it. fall squarely on the shoulders of marketing right exactly. because like you can't just does. be like i'm gonna tell the audience about this game and it's your job to keep them interested for five but years the, but the, like legitimately, it's just, yeah that's the, what marketing is when the game gets delayed though it throws the marketing plan out the window yes. and makes it a lot harder like yes. i mean again you know, it's Cuphead's a great example where I'm very confident because I've seen that game at least half a dozen times at this point that that game is going to be something pretty special, I think. But it, we've seen it so often without it coming out or even getting a firm release date yeah. that the it, it, people are now just like, we could, if it's at, if it were at PAX this weekend. Uh, where, which you'll be at, and Marty has already left for. And, and I will fact, also it be might at. be is because there's an ID at Xbox Showcase. Yeah, I actually don't know if Cuphead's there, <clears> but it probably is. But you know, we might not talk about it again. You'll, if you were to cover it, there'd be plenty of people that'd be like, "Yeah, it looks." But you know, there's it's it is that diminishing returns that you're talking That's about because it's just like, okay, yeah, we've seen this before. Can I just? Can I give you my money now? Yeah, Please? and it's like the, top, the marketing runs out. It yeah, does. like it's finite. Yeah, marketing dollars aside, people can only stay interested in something for so long right. before they lose interest, right? And yeah. I think like it it falls on the higher ups, the suits, to kind of time the marketing campaign with the interest level and the actual development of the game as best they can. Well, which the, again, the, I think Nintendo does an incredible yeah, job. Yeah, I mean those. Marketing people make a lot more money than we do for a reason because there's a lot riding on. Like if you if you blow the marketing campaign somehow, either it's you know you shoot shoot the wad too early or, yeah. or too or not or too late, you know it, it can it can drastically affect the fortunes yeah. of the game. I mean, in AAA development and blockbuster movies, like the budgets of marketing almost always exceed the production budget, right? Like you spend. They say yeah. up to fifty percent more on marketing the movie or the game as opposed think, to making. Yeah, I don't the game. know if that quite applies to games yet. Maybe it definitely not. Yeah. Does to movies where there's a lot of mainstream <clears throat> advertising. And yeah, games. they're advertising on TV and like on billboards and yeah. on radio and stuff. Like they carpet bomb the whole country for marketing. Like a Suicide Squad's a great example, right? Yeah. Like this is a movie that suffered because they had to stick to the marketing timetable. You can't throw all of that stuff out of whack because if you do, that's hundreds of millions of dollars out the window. Yeah. And it's kind of a bummer, but like, yeah, it falls to the higher ups, the suits to kind of time it as best they can. Because I, I don't know, it just sucks when you see, like to me it sucks when you see a game like Days Gone By and you're like, whoa, that looks really cool. I'm not going to play that until I'm 35. I mean, look at, you know, <laughs> a, a, an example of a probably, I would say a really well executed marketing planning games is look last year at Fallout 4. 
I mean, it's yeah. not oh, every yeah. not every game coming out this off, year yeah, can pull off great. the announced to release in like the four month window, but but they did. You know, and they, truth be told, we like we knew that right. game was everybody, coming. Everybody everybody yeah. knew that game was coming, but from and so the anticipation had built up, and then they announced it, and they showed it. They had a couple like a couple of trailers. And then they just did a big marketing campaign, and that, and then boom, it was out. But, and they're still like doing a very good job of releasing new content that's varied. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. They, we've they got a, we're reviewing a new good. DLC this week, the Nuka World. Nuka World. I really want to check that out. But um, yeah, they did a great job of that. I'm sure they'll do the same with the next Elder Scrolls game, whenever that is. But I hope they kind of wait a bit for that, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, Elder Scrolls said this before. Should it's still, to the best of my knowledge, it's still one team that mm-hmm. Todd Howard runs at uh, Bethesda Bethesda Game Studios and so it, it's probably going to be 20 holiday 2018 yeah. it should it's usually a 3 year it was a little longer with for, between Fallout Skyrim 3. and Fallout 4 yeah but there was also a console shift there a yeah. generation shift so i mean it's yeah probably holiday 2018 is what where you where you place yeah, your bet that seems fair did I tell you Todd Howard cut me off in a line at E3? <laughs> really? Did he yeah, big time? He big time to you, huh? It was at the Bethesda event, and he just like the line was super long. It was to play Fallout in VR. I ended up leaving because the line was like three hours long, and uh, he just like walked straight in front of me and was like, "Sorry, I walk here." And I was like, "It's fine. It's totally, it's <laughs> yeah. totally fine." Well, <laughs> you are so well. I would, I would do that at an IGN event. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, I'm not going like, to like wait in line at your own this event. Really small, like sweet man, and he's just like, "I'm really sorry," and I was like, "Don't even apologize." Like, that's just so fucking, funny. Just roll through it. Like, it's totally cool. At least he, at least he apologized for it and didn't just like. Yeah, you know. no, he was very like no, he's shy just, about. He's it. an awesome guy. Todd is a guy that uh, he's been tough to pin down because he doesn't like to co- come out to the west. He doesn't have to come out of the west coast. He's out in the east coast, and he doesn't get out here much. And uh, he's. Very high on my priority list for yeah. IGN Unfiltered. I really he's got to be a really down. interesting dude to talk to. I I've, I used to talk to him a lot because uh, doesn't he spent like he basically spent his whole career. He has. He's been there from, for over twenty years. He pretty much yeah. made that company. Yeah, I mean, it's always a team effort. But yeah, uh, he course, is definitely yeah. a he's a central reason why they have risen to the heights that they are yeah. at now. Absolutely, and that's uh, yeah we. Uh, Back when I was at OXM doing my OXM podcast back in the day, you know, nobody listened to it. He used to come on a fairly, not fairly, like, you know, maybe a couple times a year because there'd be whether Elder Scrolls DLC or the Elder mm-hmm. you know, uh, Oblivion's release or mm-hmm. DLC and then Fallout 3 after. There was kind of a nice rolling time where I got to chat with him a lot. But, yeah, now he's... Uh, his profile is so much higher. He's yeah. he's a lot harder to pin down. Dude's a rock star when it comes to games. But he's yeah. like you know Kojima level, I would say. Right? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe. Like I mean, I don't think that I feel the same way about Todd Howard that I do about Kojima. You know, I only went to the IGN party at San Diego Comic Con because people said Kojima was going, so I was exhausted. I was just working. He was like, totally there. Did you I meet mean, him? He was there, but I was yeah. working crazy long days, and I really didn't want to go. I was super tired. And I was just drinking water. I don't think I saw you there. I was there for a very small amount of yeah. time because I literally went, saw Kojima. I just looked at him and yeah. then left. And you're like, I, I got like, it. All right. That's well, all I needed. I'm done. You I was in the same room as him. In an absolute dead desert <laughs> news week where there's nothing to talk about. You, yeah, that's you, why we're talking about. Yeah, you mentioned, way, actually, you bring up an interesting question of like, who is Todd Howard one of the most <clears> important? <throat> like, if you were to take one person. Does he mean more to that dev team than 
boy, I'm phrasing this really badly. Who are the people where if you took them Is off, he the MVP? If you remove them from their dev studio, it's just like a it's a the sky is falling. It's yeah, a disaster. So like the person who is the metal yeah. gear to Kojima Whereas, and now you know, has and, that, and that's that's no disrespect again to the to the no, very talented people that, that also work at Bethesda or other places. But like yeah, if you took Todd Howard, if Todd Howard said tomorrow, I'm leaving Bethesda, I'm I'm out, or I'm retired. He's been I'm retiring. Mm-hmm. Bye. I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Like you'd be like, Oh man, Elder Scrolls, what are we Yeah. You, you, like f- f- gamers would be I know I'd be hugely worried yeah. about their future. I mean, Kojima certainly. I mean, I have no expectations for Metal Gear. What the hell is it called? Survive. Survive. I was going to say zombies, but <laughs> that's it's, okay. what it is. Pretty much. Yeah. Metal Gear. Like, uh, like I could not. Yeah, it's like whatever. Okay, the uh, Metal Gear without Kojima. Let's. Pop, no, yeah, the you're popcorn, right. I think yeah. there's not a lot of people like that Ooh. in the industry. Like even Miyamoto has been more top level recently yeah. and they've always they've Nintendo's had a rich legacy of incredible yeah. designers and people working on those games and franchises that are not Miyamoto. So like even if Miyamoto retired you'd be like eh. I guess maybe I'd be really sad but I, I don't would be think sad because he's such Nintendo a lovable guy. He's yeah. actually just like great for games in general, the industry. Like yeah. he's such a positive, smiley, happy go lucky. He's what like if you wanted to talk to aliens about what video games are, I'd be like just look at this guy. Talk to Miyamoto. Yeah, I mean, we did just guy. lose. Uh, we lost. Um, uh, blanking on his name, the guy from Rockstar. Yes, we yeah. did a story about this. Yeah, we did. Uh, the we, GTA guy. We lost him. Uh, Leslie Benzies. <laughs> there it. we go. That's it. If we, if we also lost the Hauser brother, we didn't like lose him. Like he's he's still around. Well, he, he, he didn't die. Is that whole legal case? Yeah, it no, was, he yeah, didn't die. Was, he yeah. didn't die. No, it does sound a little bit. We made it sound like we lost. He well, we a, gamers <laughs> lost him from Grand Theft Auto. Let's put he it went on like a really long holiday and then uh, didn't uh, get his uh, job uh, back. Or and something. then there was a big lawsuit. <laughs> yeah. Thing, yeah, whole thing. But yeah, I guess the Don Draper thing going on. If the Hausers also left, I'd be like, oh man, GTA. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who else might be in a situation like that. I don't really know. Maybe Yamauchi with uh, Gran Turismo. Mm. If you're yeah. if you're a PlayStation racing fan, it's integral enough. Uh, yeah, it's Tabata San with Final Fantasy. Maybe so, you know. I don't know how he, much Tabata does now, though. If how about if uh, if Kamiya left Platinum? Platinum yeah, like, that yeah. might be a big yeah. one. Yeah, that would definitely be an issue. Interesting. I mean, it's we're... really hard, especially like with the way that Western companies work. You know, our dev teams are so big. Maybe I, like someone like Amy Hennig, like if yeah. she were leaving a project. Well, she, will, she left she Naughty did. Dog, and yeah. then, I mean Uncharted Four turned out great. Mm-hmm. Right, but she still worked on that game. Uh, well, yeah, I guess she did. She did. Wasn't oh, there like that's, a controversy that's true. That's about that? That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, Who knows when? I mean, she's a writer first, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like that's, that's actually a really good point. Potentially, like, I was that like, game. If she was... left the project she was working on, but she effectively did. I, f- I feel like she probably. We don't know exactly what happened, but and how much of her work was left? Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say like I I have a sense that like probably a lot of, of her was work was done yeah. before. Quite possibly. That. I would think so. I mean, I would, I'm just guessing. I have yeah, no idea really. Uh, um, I would say Jason Jones at Bungie. If Jason oh, Jones yeah. left Bungie, I'd be like, uh oh, yeah, that's not good. Yep. Yeah, it's a tough question. I think Todd Howard would definitely be the biggest one. Yeah, he's he is the biggest one that yeah. comes to mind for me, for sure. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> did you, Sean? Did you? Well, actually, did either of you? Because I did, did. Who played the Titanfall Two tech test either weekend? I did. I played. Put about talk um, to me. Maybe fifteen hours into it. That's a, gl- that's over, a lot. Over over two weekends. Yeah. What did you think of it? Um. Uh, I'm like hot, now. I'm like hot and cold on it. Like, there's. It's fun. I had a lot of fun playing it. The movement is cool. Like, it's. 
it reminds me of what Titanfall 1 was in its speed and its precise gameplay. Uh, it's slowed down a little bit, though, so that it can be a little bit more manageable, like the movement and stuff. Uh, and I liked it, but I don't know if I liked it enough to displace some of the games that I know I'm going to be playing this fall. Okay. Like, I'm really excited for Rise of Iron. Yep. And that's going to be huge for me. I'm still playing lots and lots of Halo. Yep. And then as we get into you know, the big review season and holiday season where there's a lot of great single-player games coming out. I just don't know if it really has enough there to pull me back That's in. That's fair. You know? But otherwise, like, if you liked the first Titanfall, if you're really into Call of Duty, like, these are... That's going to be a game that feels very natural, but, like, yeah. an extension of kind of what the DNA of those games is about. I have a bunch of friends who I play with on Xbox uh, who were, like, super mad hardcore into the first three Modern Warfares. And... uh they're just really into Call of Duty. They had so much fun with Titanfall, and I think they're all just going to like get really hardcore into it. I mean, it's going to be for some people out there. I just don't know. I actually have this opinion that I think the, the tech test might have hurt Titanfall 2's case. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I see where you're coming from, because I only spent a little bit of time with it. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I loved it at E3. Mm-hmm. You know, I did our, our big preview out of E3. But playing the tech test, I didn't... I, there was something about the bounty <clears throat> mode I didn't like. Oh, I hated and that I mode. I think it was just be. It just felt not enough titans. Yep. And it just felt like it took too long, and it just didn't feel like there was enough action. I just felt like I would do something, and then I'd be like running to the bank. Yep. I don't know. There was some, I, I, that mode did not rub me the right way. I agree. It didn't rub me the right way either. Granted, I thought a lot about it, and I thought like what I don't like about it might be addressed. Uh, when you play with people who know what they're doing or you right. play with a team because that's part of the kind of like difficulty of that mode is like you have to so it's wave based right you kill enemies kill ai kill titans in order to gain monetary value right. like money and then you deposit that money into the bank and that's how you score your money is your score and every time you die or fail to achieve an objective you lose money right so you don't want to do that uh but score? what happens is like the wave ends and people go to try to deposit their money and good teammates or good, you know, opponents will camp your bank. So you can't deposit your money and then that's how you de- you kind of defeat them by obscuring their score, like by making it difficult for them to score, right. basically. And so in a pub, when everyone's kind of just doing bank whatever walking. they want and not really talking to each other, like that's difficult to coordinate and it's frustrating to fight against if they do yeah. it. But I don't know. I mean, it was fun. Like I had a lot of fun and the grappling hook is awesome and the movement feels pretty good and stuff. Like it's like jumping into a Titan and like wreaking havoc on another Titan and like, oh, and that's the other thing I really like is now there's this variation of Titans. Yes. Like, um, I was using the Ion one mostly, the one that has like an Ion cannon, but her, yeah. and I call her her because her voice is well, and the female, game does which is too. cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she has this laser core, which is like essentially a channeled ability that does huge amount of damage in a straight like line out of your chest. <laughs> yeah, exactly for like Iron four Man. seconds. Yeah, it's so cool, and it does so much damage. Like I love the Titan aspect of that, but like yeah, it, you only really got a lot of Titans in the bounty hunt mode, and then they introduced Hard Point, which is basically domination or control if you play destiny and that made it a lot better uh and then they have the pilot versus pilot mode which is 8v8 mm-hmm. which is it's cool but it's just call of duty yeah. like right. i play titanfall so that i can jump in a titan and wreck people and you know it, i don't know i think like i get why they would do a tech test right they want to make sure that the game can run it and the servers are ready and all this other stuff but like 
in a marketing sense, I think it might have actually diminished people's interest because it didn't quite live up to my expectations, and I can't be the only one out there. Um, I know Miranda and Max, who have the people that I heard the most about it from, really both really really liked it. Mm-hmm. So I guess people might be split on it. But. Yeah, no, I, I definitely saw some of those kind of some mixed reactions on mm-hmm. my feeds of people that were kind of you know a little a little mixed on yeah. on the tech test, the content of the tech test itself. And that's the thing is like I think if we remember that this is a tech test and that there's a lot more to come, yeah, it's very yeah. clearly labeled. You know, it's yeah, not, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not represented. Like they didn't even call it a beta yeah. or no. an alpha. Yeah. I, yeah. like I think the official I think the official wording was pre-alpha tech test. But the wow. the the thing I mean I reviewed Titanfall one and I loved it and I'm excited super excited about this one, <clears throat> but I'm actually as as much as I loved the first one, which is obviously multiplayer only. I'm most interested oh, in the sure. single player campaign. Yep. Sure. The whole time is, I've been thinking that because this is Vince and uh, the the core team. That made the first the modern, you know, Call of Duty one, two, and four, which were, you know, had some of the, I the mean, best four ones, in particular yeah. was, you know, one of the best single player uh, first person shooter campaigns in ever. the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. So I would and, say almost ever. And this is their first campaign since Modern Warfare 2. I actually didn't like Modern Warfare 2's campaign. Oh, I did. There's great I mean, moments. It was, it was fine, but it, it was a. Pretty, it's not quite as good it was as a pretty one. far drop from Modern Warfare One for me, but uh, yeah. So this is their first campaign in like when was Modern Warfare Two? Two thousand seven, something. No, like that? that was so that would have been it would have been oh nine because ah. it was every other. So their Man. first their first campaign in seven years. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. I am too. And the single player trailer that they dropped at E3 like Real looked good. really cool. Yeah. And it looks like you have this great rapport with your Titan, which sounds awesome to me. Anytime there's a robo buddy in your well, campaign, and, and, like, and I like love the, it. the tone of it. It just seems like it's not just a multiplayer, all the exact multiplayer look, feel, and tone with some cutscenes bolted onto it. Like it, it seems to have a very different. Look, feel, and tone than yeah. than the multiplayer. I think they game wanted does. to kind of have a heart, and <clears throat> yeah. I mean, no matter how bad the, like, even if I hated the tech test, I would still want that game for the single player. Yeah, and that's the thing totally. is, I'll probably still try and get it for the single player because I'm very interested in what that team does based on their pedigree with prior campaigns. Uh, and I'll probably give the multiplayer a shot going forward. But it's just like um, based on what I saw in the tech test, didn't quite do what I thought it needed to do to get me personally yeah, Especially over. if you're playing Halo and Destiny. That's like, the thing. It's like, still a time. Yeah. You make a good point, though, in that like this Titanfall 2, so, you know, it has it has a good multiplayer reputation already mm-hmm. from, from 2013, the first game. But, yeah, just this holiday, it's got uh, EA's own Battlefield... Uh, Battlefield one. One. I was going to say five. I'm like that's not right. Mm-hmm. It's got Battlefield one to con- to contend with as far as so yeah. There's guys like you. There's only so many multiplayer games you can spend time on. Yeah, totally. And so you got Battlefield one, Gears four. Yep. Uh, you have Destiny: Call, Rise of Iron, Destiny, Call, Call of Duty, of Duty. Uh, which is you know kind of what a, is that one? Infinite Infinite Warfare. Warfare. Yeah. From the you know the, a lot of the Naughty Dog ex ex Naughty Dog people that yep. came over there. Um, and I feel like I'm leaving off one or two, yeah. even one or two other major shooters too. So you know, that's not to say anything of you know, Watch Dogs Two has a mm-hmm. lot of you know, like co-op and multiplayer stuff in it. And uh, yeah, there's so 
It's get, there's a lot of competition out there. Yeah. That's or, the thing is like it just needs to, and I think it'll do pretty well because it's going to be multi-platform this time, which means yeah. like it'll just already have, which is great. Yeah, and which it, it is great, and I think it's good that more people can experience this game because I think it's a good game. But it's just I don't know if it, it needs to do a little bit more to pull me away from the two games that I play like competitively already. That's all. Yeah. That said, like I liked it. I thought it was fun. Yeah. There's some really cool stuff in there. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's. It's just they're too talented of a development team, I think, to to have failed to fail in the end. But we'll see. I mean, that's you, that's what the final review is for. But yeah, um, yeah so t- it was cool that the tech test ran over two weekends at least. Yeah, you got, and it you was got a couple modes chances. on the different weekends, right? They yeah. added like a too. third map and third <clears throat> mode. Yeah, on that's the, cool. The second weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get to what little mostly useless news there is this mm-hmm. week. I'll note that uh, you guys are taking over the show next week. I am going to be in New York for the PlayStation meeting, mm-hmm. which I'm Ooh. very excited. Now we're expecting probably to, I don't know about literally see, see what, the Neo, yeah, but, but hear what it is at least. Have it announced kind of the Neo. announced and detailed. So um, very curious to. I just love hardware. Is that that's Wednesday, isn't it? It is Wednesday, so but I, I leave Tuesday, and I'm not back till end of day Thursday. So mm-hmm. I just will not be available for the show. So. Don't run it too far off the rails. We're going to kill you again. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Hey, people loved that <laughs> in memoriam. Uh, it was, Did you see it was that? really great. The editing was yeah, funny. It was, it was yeah. really fun. Yeah. So, all right. Then let's... Oh, and then Marty's already at PAX, which is why he's not here now. He's already left. And you're heading up yeah. as well. Yeah, so Sean. Yep, um, I'll be there as well. Too. I didn't yeah. know Marty and I mm-hmm. have two panels. If you look it up on the PAX West app, just search my name or Marty's name. Uh, I think... The first one is Beyond, which is 11 on Saturday, and the second one is Nintendo 64, which is, I think is 10.30 on Sunday, but I'm not sure of that. Um, they are on the app. If you want to come so say hi, you should totally the, do that. The big thing I want you guys to talk about this week, the, the one thing I would ask that you cover for sure, we'll have coverage on IGN, but uh, Horde, mode? Horde Mode for Gears 3. It's going to be playable there. Make sure, yeah, spend some time on next week's podcast that is without the only me impo- talking about The me. only appointment that I made at PAX West is Horde Mode. Yeah. That's it. Strong call. Yep. It's a good decision on your part. Uh, yeah, in fact, our Gears of War coverage is uh, is, is wound down now. We yeah. we did a month of it, and I am I'm more excited about Gears Four than when we started. Oh yeah, totally. At the beginning of the month, like we, we the DBs look cool. Yeah. Uh, the map, a couple of really good maps. I really liked Reclaimed. Of the three maps we revealed, Reclaimed was the one I I uh, liked the most. I, I like the the drill one, the one the moving one. I have to. I'd have to. Look at the names I don't know again. What it's called. Um, but yeah, we revealed three maps. It might be called Lift. DBs. Oh, Lift. That's mm. right. You got it. Uh, thank you for jogging my memory. No worries. Anytime. I'm old. I can't. I can't recall this stuff easily. You're becoming senile. I know it's <laughs> over. Uh, so yeah, if you missed any of our Gears of War four coverage this month, uh, I believe it's if you go to go.ign.com slash Gears of War four. I think that should be the link that takes you to a nice wrap up of everything we did. Mm. All right, we'll come right back right after this and get to this week's news. What little is there is of it. Okay, news time. There's not really much to cover. Uh, Forza 3, Horizon 3, that is, is gone gold, which is excellent news. It is out the 20 something Whatever Ralph said last week in the interview, which, by the way, if you didn't listen to last week's show, uh, 
normally I don't care if you listen, but please listen to last <laughs> week's because uh, the the interview with Ralph turned out really well. I yeah. think he was just a he's a really cool guy to talk yeah, to. Yeah, he is really cool. He, uh, is this the guy we met briefly at the preview event? Yes, that guy. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, well, yeah. yeah you, you met him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah, he's the he's, he's a like cool dude. director on on Forza Horizon at Playground, and just yeah, really smart dude that just gets it. It's fun to talk to. Mm-hmm. So the game is gold, and Mr. Finnegan, yeah, we're gonna get you sucked into Horizon Three because <clears throat> the Warthog from Halo is yeah. a playable vehicle. You can drive it around the Australian Outback. I love this. So warthogs much. in the Aust- there probably are real warthogs in the Australian Outback. I'm guessing, right? I don't think so. No, well, there are now African I animal have- I don't know. vehicular <laughs> form. <laughs> but anyway, that is super cool. I mean, I look. I looked at the image and I was like, I mean, I we. Did we talk about it when we played this? That we played it at the preview event? Oh, what, fine. Yeah, whatever. There's a, we have preview coverage coming soon. I mean, Maybe we he, that part out. he wasn't in town for his health, right? He was yeah. here for a preview event. Gotcha. Uh, I mean, this is a really good way. It, the, the model looks really cool. Like the, It looks yeah. just like the Warthog down yeah. to the details. I wonder if it controls the same way because Warthogs are like notoriously difficult to drive. Yeah, they are really. really it's gotten a lot better. If you go back and play like the early games, like 1 oh and my 2, God. Yeah, it's Halo impossible it's, to drive. They're, they're, but I kind of liked the wildness of it. Yeah, but it was too wild. It's also playing any other game that has vehicles compared to the way Halo vehicles oh, control yeah. just like wait wait <laughs> what yeah so the it's a civilian model warthog huh. there's no gun turret there's no chain gun on the back of it that it's would a, be so cool though yeah <laughs> just blow people up that's a yeah. different game uh that's a very different game. Uh, so it's a civilian that's twisted metal <laughs> two five five four amg transport dynamics m12 s warthog cst that is the official model designation Alrighty then and it's got a 700, because this is a racing game now. We need to talk about its driving specs. 720 horsepower twin turbo V8. It's much faster than its military counterpart. And it apparently, now this is, this is an interesting Forza Horizon game detail. The Warthog apparently has the most advanced suspension in the entire game, plus advanced dampening for extra stability, which we've played Horizon 3 at, at yeah. E3 and since. And, you know, there are those off-road... Buggies. Buggy parts that were, you know, you need a good suspension yeah. to, to get through there. There's also like a lot of big drumps and like rocky big terrain. Big jump, big drumps. <laughs> drops and jumps. jumps. Yeah, drops and jumps. And uh, <laughs> those like buggy cars like go a long way. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Warthog can be one of the those. Warthog will be superior. And here's uh, the best news of all. Again, uh, I don't know if 343 deserves the credit for this or just Microsoft in general, but. Fan service on Halo continues to do well, even extending out to this, because this Warthog in Forza Horizon 3 is free if you've played Master Chief Collection or Halo 5 on your account. That's so awesome. So you see that it's there, and then you will get, you'll get a free download of the Warthog for Horizon Synergy 3. Yeah. is what they call it in the business world. Absolutely. <clears throat> uh, next up is a uh, gentleman I've met a number of times, really nice guy, Ian Milhelm. You might not know his name, but he was... At Visceral Games, you mentioned mm-hmm. Dead Space. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was between off-air or on-air. No, I totally mentioned uh, Dead Space. I thought it was, no, I was totally... Yeah. Sorry. Regarding We're microtransactions. Here. Thank you. All right. There we go. Over. I'll so take the credit for it. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned uh, Dead Space. <laughs> yes. And Ian Mel, uh, Milhelm was the art director on Dead Space. And then he became the huh. single-player campaign lead on Battlefield Hardline, which Visceral did. That was their last game. Not great. Not great, but 
uh, he is now, he's moved over, he's moved two exits down the freeway here in uh, the Bay Area, down the 101, to Crystal Dynamics, where he is the new game director on Tomb Raider. That's pretty cool. Because you remember the, the director on Tomb Raider left sort of after the game had, uh, Rise had shipped late last year. He says, quote, adventure games have always been my first love, and he's referring to action-adventure games. <clears throat> when the opportunity came to join Crystal Dynamics, I had to jump on it. This is the home of Lara Croft, who is a legend in action-adventure gaming and a pillar of the industry. I've admired Crystal's work for a while now, as they continue to, li- continue to deliver top-notch narrative and spectacle, coupled with deep systems and player choice. You know, he's not... He's not even, normally, those kind of statements are horribly hyperbolic and dumb, but that's... A perfect description of Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yeah, totally. He it says, also sounds very genuine. I'm very excited about where the studio is headed. Is headed. Boy, I can't read today. And I'm eager to be a part of it. So congratulations to Ian. That's a, I think that's a great hire on both sides. And, uh, yeah, they really are. It's funny. If you're, if you're going down the 101 here, uh, if you're heading south out of San Francisco, you get to Redwood City, and you've got one exit. There's the EA, like the just sprawling massive EA campus. campus. It's just past the Oracle campus, Mm -hmm. just south of the Oracle campus. Uh, And then, like, there's. uh, There's a Sony campus down there, too, right? Foster San Mateo. uh, San Mateo now. They moved? Yes. Oh. They did. Yeah, they're, but it's it's like on the border of San Mateo, Foster City. And Foster City is close to San Mateo, yeah. Yeah, right where the, the 92. It's like you at the 101 and 92 is right I went to that EA campus last S- weekend, Sony actually, is. just for fun. I'm just walking around because it's so nice. It is. They have, like, it's huge. Yeah. yeah. Like, God. Yeah, it's, it's a big corporate several campus. Several restaurants and gyms. And <clears> like, is Crystal man. Dynamics still in the same place? So, yeah. It's like a jetty. It's it, like a swamp. It, Not in a bad way. No, it's just kind of are, close to the water. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. this giant new office park that they're in one building of in the middle of the bay yeah of the of like the but the but not the bay bay it's that's what i was gonna say it's like a jetty like it kind of this stretch of land that kind of comes out into the bay and so it's a little wet and stuff but but it's it's like like, but i'm saying it's not if you look out the window it's not like the glorious water sailboats it's like the kind of the the inward edge like the end of the bay where it's just kind of gross yeah that's why i said it's kind of like a swamp (laughs) Like I've been there before, and I was like, "This is a really interesting road I'm driving along." Yeah, and there's a there's like a quarry on the way. So I was every time I go there, like the roads are filthy and with rocks, and I'm like, I care about my cars. Mm. If I had to come out here every day, I got to figure their employees probably have just like rock chips, and their cars are all effed up from. Gotta get those cabras. Yeah. Nope. Oh, what? What's up? 1987. <laughs> we'll still use them. What is a carbra? The black like leather. Oh, that covers the, the like hood of the car on the front. Yeah, yeah the, the front nose. Colors. Well, you can get them in uh, the just the clear film too. Actually, yeah. I have that on mine. Yeah, yeah it helps. Hmm. But anyway, I've literally never heard it call, called that. Cl- uh, well, yeah, the clear ones now are called just called like film or clear bra. Or, yeah. But yeah, I know what you're you're talking about the like right on the front of your Camaro mm-hmm. that nice whole full black leather cap that yep. goes on the front of it. <clears throat> so they walk, uh, man. They, well, yeah, get get the job done. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, new new director on Tomb Raider, and boy, Tomb Raider was so good. I can't yeah. believe. I'm so glad that it's PS4 people are going to get to play it. Yeah, uh, this it is this fall. and especially after you know, Uncharted's done. Like, the, hopefully, nobody's going to resolve uh, resort to the fanboy crap with oh, that of game. Course like, they will, but it's aren't they're hopefully they're far enough apart where people just. All right, you enjoyed 
Tomb yeah. Uncharted. Enjoy it was them great. separately. Now, yeah. Now enjoy Tomb Raider. Yeah. I mean, the fervor over that seems to have died down mostly, right? Like, when it first so. announced yeah, it, they were all like, down. it's just Uncharted, but it's been wow. two games now. Like, are people still really whining about that? I also don't think that you can say that Tomb Raider is just Uncharted. When, when Uncharted is Tomb Raider, yeah. yeah. That's like another funny well, point that people bring up. You know, up. one other interesting point about Tomb Raider, you know, we were talking earlier about who's the, you know, who's the most who's the MVP MVP on any development team we we're talking about Todd Howard and we're talking oh we but, didn't even bring up what were you about to no, say what were you going to say oh, I was going to say uh, the game directors of like The Last of Us and Uncharted what are those guys names oh again? Uh, Bruce Straley and Neil Druckmann Neil Druckmann there you go yeah they would definitely be on the list but yeah. the thing I was going to say is most people don't even realize the the youngins out there I'm not necessarily going to include you in this but we'll see is <laughs> uh, Tomb Raider was this major franchise when it launched. It was huge. You know, there was the, the Angelina Jolie movie that came out of it. Now there's, of course, a new Two movie. movies. The, hmm. Right, that's right. But Tomb Raider changed development hands. It went from the original people at Core Design to... It's uh, three times, hasn't it? Just, no, just once. Oh. Went from Core Design, the original people who were British, to Crystal Dynamics. Took it over when uh, it started to kind of falter in Core's hands. And now it's like they've done such an incredible job yeah. that with the series, and not just not even just the last two, the reboots. They were doing a really good job when they when they first took it over too. But like, man, has there has there ever been a, another franchise that's changed hands and actually gotten Boom. bigger? I mean, like three four three's done a great job. Fallout. I, I think they've done a great. Todd That's Howard. We were talking about That's Todd Howard. One. That is a great one. Yeah. Didn't he say? I mean, the first two Fallout's are good. Well, but they are totally different than what Fallout totally, Three yeah. became yeah. under yeah. Todd Howard. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, they <clears> are totally different games, and I mean, and no, just Black Isle Studios is one of the most revered oh, role totally. playing studios in, yeah, well, in history. Wasteland Two was my game of the year. The other. Yeah. Came out. There you go. But but yeah, you're right. Fallout would probably be the other yeah. the other good one on the list. That's where it's changed hands and actually become even more successful than it yeah. ever was. They've done an incredible thing with Tomb Raider over there. I mean, like, they're, launch, they're relaunching the movie franchise that shows you how big the games are. And supposedly, according to Alicia Vikander, who's been cast, yeah. uh, the games serve as, like, the core inspiration and theme and tone of what the movies are going to be like. So basically, what they're making is those games. No, I mean, they're movie. a lot like movies anyway, so... That's true. It totally works. I buy it. All what right. do we think of Alicia Vikander as... I don't know her. Uh, she Deus Ex. Sorry, Ex Machina. Yeah, Ex Machina. Uh, She's I, girl. I saw that and love that movie. Wait, yeah. she was the the android. The android. Yeah. yeah. Okay, she was really good in that. She's great in that. Yeah. And then she had uh, she was in The Man from Uncle, which was the Guy Ritchie sort of. I know it's a uh, Superman's in that. Yeah, Henry I ha- Cavill, I haven't seen it. Army Hammer. It's pretty good. I know. It, well, it didn't review or didn't do very well. It's mixed. Right? Yeah, but. it's not. It's not a classic Guy Ritchie movie, but it's still pretty entertaining, mm-hmm. kind of like a spy thriller. Okay. And then her big one that she got an Oscar for was as a supporting role in The, the Dunish Girl. That is that right. the one I, where the guy, I don't where know. Eddie Redmayne is like, he's a man and then he's he's transgender and then he becomes a woman and they're still in love? I think that's oh, the I'm one she's in. I'm not familiar with that. I think she won an Oscar, or she won an Oscar for it, I think. Or she won an Oscar recently, I think it was for that movie. <laughs> and so now she's like on the huge, like she's huge in Hollywood right now. I think she's going to be great. She needs a big, like, she has her indie cred. She has her Oscars. Now you go for the, now the, you go for the, the big franchise that's yeah. going to pay the bills for the rest of your life yep. and your 
families for generations Absolutely. to come. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think she'll be great. She's mm-hmm. really cool. Awesome. A lot of people wanted uh, Daisy Ridley, but I feel like... She I could have been great, know. too. She's too lithe. You know what I mean? Like, I think of... Yeah, what do you mean? Like, lithe. She's too lithe. Like... But she's a... Lara is a... Is an, she's physical by... No, like, she's strong and built and, like... She's like, she has a more. I I think Lara Croft's in my head the the character of Lara Croft has a much bigger physical pre- presence than in my head Daisy Ridley is. Hmm. Like I think Daisy Ridley would have to be like six I, inches I, taller. Okay, I mean, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, Tom do you Cruise, think she's right? not? They manage that with Tom Cruise. He's a tiny man. They make. Oh, but that's big. yeah. That's a little different though because he's still like ripped and he's. She could do that. Yeah, but to a point, right? You're just saying she's. You think she, Daisy Ridley would be a little too physically diminutive? Yeah, to, like she's to, she's too like she's too small and agile. Where I think of Lara Croft as being agile but like, strong, right? More of a um, she's a rock like climber. A, um, like she's you know she's like she. Right. I imagine her having like really really defined shoulders and but she arms doesn't. and stuff. Who? The games. She no, I know, but I'm, I'm of, like skinny arms. It's like none of this makes any sense at all. Like who's? Uh, but if you look, but in the game, she's also still very physical. Like she, again, I just she does stuff. But who's yeah. who's Lana? Uh, Lana from Archer that hosts the Ubisoft conference. Lana, yeah. What's uh, her name again? God, I'm so terrible that uh, I can't la- remember. Lady this. Boner. That she, that, I know who you're talking about, and what, I feel like, a little that, bad. You're talking about her kind of her kind of physical. Yeah, like that. For, that's like someone she could who's be Lara Croft. Yeah, like if she if. Daisy Ridley was six inches taller. She's an amazing, I don't, I don't, she's I don't an amazing comic, too. And I, yeah, I'm completely she's a, blanking she's on her name. Excellent. Her stand-up is she's incredible. She's also a huge gamer. She is. She loves Gears of War. My Damn God. I, we're all just like... <laughs> it's really terrible the that I can't remember is just this. like, I hate all three of you right now so much. Sean's going to bail us out on she, uh, Yeah, she's, I think, like... Played Gears of War competitively for a bit, or, or maybe it was just like hosting. I can. I've literally. I'm looking. I'm seeing her face. Me too. In my head, and I'm blanking on her name, and I feel terrible about it. Why is this taking so long? But anyway, so, because I don't know how to what to Google because I don't know her name. <laughs> she's not British, but she could be. She could be a cool Lara Croft. Hey, Siri, she has a podcast. Who plays Lana in Archer. Oh, there you go. That's an easier way to do it. No, no, Siri, no, no. This is not what I want. Who plays Lana? <laughs> no, nope, I'm just going to Google Archer cast, and this will. There you go. Okay, searching the iTunes store for Archer. Nope, you're this terrible. I Aisha Tyler. Tyler. Boom! Tyler. It only took us five <laughs> minutes. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it! We know how to Google. Oh man. <laughs> no, I just mean like. Uh, I know what you're talking Daisy about. Daisy Ridley's plenty physical. I just think she's too small. Like, some people are too small, right? It would I be feel like, like that's unfair. Just it would be I like think... me playing He-Man in the new He-Man film but that I mean, they're doing. But, I mean, they make like men look really work. big. You know, Bane. Like, Tom Hardy's pretty small. They made him look huge. No, but he's... He, so, small and short aren't the same thing. He's like 5'7 so or 5'8. Yeah, but he's yeah, but, yeah, but it's way easier for guys to get that big than it is for women to get that big. You want... Lara Croft would be Tom Hardy big? No, 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 no. I just don't want her to be... I don't think that... Women can get big. I'm not saying she can't get big. I'm not saying she can't get big. What I'm saying is that you'd rather have someone who has a a bigger frame and can still be thin and attractive because that's important for the franchise as a movie maker. It's really dumb, but it is. I think she could do that. I think she's too small. Like, I think her frame isn't big enough. I mean, truth be told, Alicia Vikander is not that much bigger. She can lift, like, 80 kilos. Who? 
uh, Daisy Ridley. Oh, I'm sure she's getting super fit for this next she movie, is too. very strong, because mm-hmm. uh, she posts about it on her Instagram. She was carrying Mark Hamill around there for a little bit, too. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah, they're both, uh, Daisy Ridley and, and Alicia Vikander are both British. very young, right? So they can oh, they yeah. could both be Lara Croft for a you know ten year yeah, run of films cool. easily, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it maybe it maybe it's not even le- maybe it's less about like her physicality and even more about like her on screen presence. Like if you watch like Alicia Vikander has this like huge gravitas that I'm not one hundred percent convinced Daisy Ridley has yet because the only thing we've, we've seen, her, seen in her in is Star Wars and anyone has gravitas in Star Wars because Star Wars is gravitas. You know, I don't know about that. I she was clearly the like. Probably the highlight of Star Wars. Yeah, I hope she was the was standout really performance in Star Wars. Mm, I don't want to get into it, but I kind of <laughs> disagree. Like, she's great, no doubt. I was way more interested in Finn as a character, and I thought he was like more. I mean, I don't dis- I, you know, I'm not going <clears> to <throat> disagree with you in the sense. I mean, he played no, 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 great totally. too. I mean, everyone's great. The movie's great. Like, but it, and it comes. It's so subjective the when you great, talk about everyone's great. Let's move on. <laughs> it's it's so subjective when you're talking about who you think might make for a good character. Right? Yeah, I guess it's it's probably the cosplayer in me that I always want to rule out a body type <clears throat> as a problem. Like always, you know, people would be like, I can't cosplay that character because my body type's not right. It's like doesn't matter. Like that's not the point. So it's like I always want to rule that out. And then it's like sometimes women are held held to like this pedigree of like you have to look this way, but guys don't, and that sucks. <sighs> Uh, so that's, you're probably that's right. probably where that's coming from. I'd argue like, that like casting, casting for movies is different I totally than cosplay, get that. but yeah. And it's also yeah, like through you're, a lot. You're right, I agree with you. It's, yeah. I mean, Michael Keaton was cast as Batman. Yeah, Mister Mom was, ca- and it and it worked. Yeah, he was and it great. Great. Yeah, I mean, I there's no doubt in my mind that Daisy Ridley couldn't channel Lara's tone and emotion as a character, but when it comes to the action scenes, if she's rock climbing swinging around axes and you know punching dudes heads off and stuff i don't quite I know. Are you playing? well oh, you know what i'm man. saying like whatever these action scenes Fatality. end up being <laughs> i i don't know that i could quite buy it yeah you'd I have to show me what you that's the thing is like i put on my producer hat and i'm like okay you tell me it can be done let's do a screen test Sean's and show gonna, me that Sean's it works audition for the some, we'll get some, Daisy really uh, over here. Yeah. some and, uh, actresses for the role Daisy really if you want to come screen test for Sean Finnegan for the role that I cannot give you have absolutely no power <laughs> you are totally welcome to do it we got a little green screen in the studio I'm gonna get you some to punch dudes heads off yeah. uh, as Lara Croft does <laughs> actually if we really could get her in here to and and Make a video about how we think Daisy Ridley could have been a better Tomb Raider than Oh man. Who that would get, that would do very well for IGN. Oh, for sure, dude. Well anything with, <laughs> if you bring Daisy Ridley in here, we could just sit her down. She doesn't even have to say anything, that'll kill for IGN. But yeah, if we could ever do awesome. Just take stuff. photos of her really and it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Just hey Daisy Ridley, come hang out. I'm sure you listen to this. Podcast. You seem like our, a very nice person. We'd love to our chat new, with you. Uh, our new assistant editor, <laughs> Daisy, Daisy Ridley. Ridley. Just, yeah, just, you know, she's going to review uh, <laughs> the next Lego Force Awakens game. That'd be great. Actually, that would be really great if yeah. she reviewed uh, a, a Star Wars game for we, us. We had to do like a skit one time, and they always get me to do any kind of British voice. So I've like I've been <laughs> close Daisy enough. Ridley. I'm just waiting for someone to ask me to be Tracer at some point. <laughs> I want to do Tracer voices so bad. Like cavalry's here. Like, just because I can. Like, just, can we use that in a video at some point, please? At some point. The droid's not for sale. Put it on your, uh, 
your performance goal list for 2017. Please, yeah. uh, please need a skit that has a trace of voice in it, because I would really like to do that. <laughs> uh, well, you can put on any voice you want now, Alana, for the Marketplace Report. What could we spend our money on this week? I'm not sure we should, but what could we Retail. spend Retail. Attack on Titan. I think Miranda's reviewing that. Yeah. Yeah. I believe you're right. No idea what not sure when that's the score due. is. Yeah. yeah. It's out, though. Yeah, that's a thing that is out. Uh, digital, we have Live Lock, which is $20. 140? It's from the lead... It's a, puzzle, it's a minimalist puzzle game mm-hmm. from the lead designer of Inside oh, in cool. Limbo. So that one might be worth paying attention yeah. to. It's uh, like a side project game for the that designer. I'm sorry, I don't have the designer's name. but it's only that's, $8, so that's yeah. cool. Uh, Resident Evil 4, which is $20. It's a great game. Uh, My, no? You don't like it? No, it's a great game. It's just, again, it's the Capcom oh, thing. Oh, the Capcom thing. Oh, sorry, I'm not going to go into it again. Point. We've talked about it a yeah. lot. Just buy it if you want. Side note. Don't if you don't. The show's gone run. I have to, uh, the show's gone long. I have to run. Is that cool? Am I going to uh, You want to here uh here. Let's uh Do you want me I'll give you an answer. It's oh. A. I choose A. The oh. first one. Okay. Whatever like that is. Sight unseen, I feel like huh? I'm going to win. I was going to actually read you the, What is the question? Yeah, what on. is the question? Let me, sorry. Let me just fold the answer. So okay. I'll wait for points. Yeah, I'll try and get a point. Here. Sean Finnegan needs we're every gonna, point he can get. We're not going to do it yet, but just read that and mark which one you think it is. Oh, here. Uh, this is the worst episode ever. Oh, God, there's no way I can know this. Just uh, take a shot, man. We're going to go with D. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mark you. you down. Sorry, bye, everyone. Uh, get out. Miss you already. All right, what else can we spend our money Mahjong on? Mahjong for $10. I really like Mahjong. I've played like a lot of Mahjong in my anyway. Yeah, I mean it's it's classic. What are yeah, you gonna do? It's great. Uh, binaries for ten dollars, Hue for twelve dollars, the Turing test for twenty dollars. So I really want to play the Turing test. Maddie's reviewing that. Yeah, and uh, the other scores around the inter- I th- he must have put up his score already, but I think it, so. Yeah. It's gotten good reviews. It's also just I love the Turing test. I love what it is. So it's, uh, it's know, a first person puzzle game in the portal vein. Yes. And it's uh, I played uh, whatever, however long the demo was, I think it was maybe 15, 20 minutes back at GDC, like yeah. a while ago. And right there, I was like, okay, this is totally my So is it game. based on the concept of like trying to figure out if an AI is human or not? I'm well? sure that factors into the story. I, so. I don't know what the story yeah. is from just the out-of-context slice I played yeah. that, that had no story presented in that part. Yeah. But yeah, It it's, looks really cool. It's If you like Portal, this is probably one to, to yeah. keep an eye on. Uh, Armello, that's an Australian game. Woohoo. Shout out. Uh, that's $15. Obliteraces is $14, but has a free trial. Solo Shift to EX is $10, and Nightmares from the Deep to the Siren's Call is $9. Where was Nightmares from the Deep 1? I missed that one. Yep. So I, f- I feel like sometimes like with games like that, they just chuck a 2 on the end anyway. Just like, no, you never know. You never know. It's not illegal. I'll do what I want. Uh, I do what I want. <laughs> Marketplace, the Battlefield 1 beta is open to all. I did not know that, and I'm now going to go play that. Uh, September Games is Gold. We have Earthlock, Festival of Magic all month long, and Assassin's Creed Chronicles China from September 16 to October 15 on Xbox One, and Forza Horizon 1 from September 1 to 15. Yes. And Mirror's Edge from September 16 to 30 on Xbox 360. Play both of them. For goodness sakes, play them Please. both. Especially Mirror's Edge 1. Yeah, did you play Catalyst? I reviewed it. How was it? Uh, what did I give it? A low 7, I think? No, high 6. Hmm. It's... There are definitely good core parts to it, but there, it has a lot of flaws. And it, at the end of the day, it was... I'm not sorry that it got made the way that I am, like, 
Dumb and Dumber 2 with Jim Carrey and Jeff yeah. Daniels, the sequel to my all-time favorite comedy, sorry it got made. Yeah. Wish it had never been made. Yeah. But yeah, Mirror's Edge Catalyst is fine, but the first game, I think, is much better. just much stronger yeah, the overall. Yeah, first game's great. It's like a puzzle game, effectively. Kinda. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Uh, hey, Live Lock and Earth Lock. Wait, what? <laughs> Those are two. Oh, yeah. Both out this week. Both Live out lock, there this lock. week. Go figure. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll come right back and do the trivia question mm-hmm. for you right after this. All righty. So Sean is, has left us. He has Just left. you and I. But R.I.P. We've got a trivia question that uh, comes to us from find this, Wyatt, whose gamer tag is Titanium Tomcat. He had uh, donated. Let's see, is this the gentleman that had donated? We missed someone last week, I think. That, well, this was him. I mentioned him like that we were going to do yeah. this next week. So he had mailed us something to give away. I forget what it was, but it was super nice. And so he also sent a trivia question. So mm-hmm. he deserves to win. Mm-hmm. So I'm picking his question. Plus, it's a good question anyway. Okay. This is not an easy one. Okay. I don't know how well you know your video game composers. There are a few big Ish. name ones out there. Jeremy Soule is mm-hmm. one of those well-known composers. He, uh, as, as uh, Wyatt notes here, Jeremy Soule's work is most well-known in the Elder Scrolls series. Mm-hmm. He scores the Elder Scrolls. We're talking a lot about Bethesda yeah. today. So which of the following Xbox game soundtracks was not composed by Jeremy Soule. Which of these did he not do? Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, Prey, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, or Dishonored. So that's uh, four pretty different games spanning a lot of years. He did three of those. So which of those did Jeremy Soule not score? I think Dishonored. And I'm saying that just because I remember reading an article about the person who composed Dishonored, and I don't think that it was him. Okay. You're going to go with that? Yeah. All right. I'm actually pretty confident. You're going with that. Uh, Finnegan actually went with that as well, kind of on a whim. Mm. And I'll tell you, Destin... Also, it doesn't matter. Right, really, because we're both full, right? Destin's going to be real mad because he couldn't do the show today, and he was mad that we didn't do this last week because (laughs) like, people were gone last week, and he wanted the chance to get the point. So uh, he's going to be extra mad because both right. of you got it yes. right. Yeah, so well done. You both get a point. Let me find uh, the scoring Slowly to see how catching we're doing. Up. Yeah, I mean, it's a long year. There's still plenty of time to go. That's true. You are up to seven points. Marty's at 12, but uh, Marty not here this week. I guess he'll, he'll be back on the show next week, and then mm-hmm. the shark, poor shark, doesn't get to be on quite as often. He's got four points. Marty with 12, Destin with 10. Damn. You're at seven. All Shark right. at four. Getting there. The, the ghost of Mitch has six points. Aw. Well, Mitchy D. Aw. All right. Yeah, I just want to beat Destin, you know? That's a noble yeah. goal. I'm fine with Marty beating me. That's okay. But yeah. as long as I beat Destin, yeah. Then victory that, I'll, I'll set that. That's my, my <laughs> aim here. Beat Destin. So, uh, Wyatt, thank you so much for your good question. prize donation. Yes, for the good question. We will get you 
I've got a bunch of games, actually. Uh, I can give you uh, a choice of what you might want to get a download code for. And if you want to participate and thus win an Xbox game, mm-hmm. send your Xbox-related trivia question. Please include four multiple-choice answers. Note the correct one in your email. And email it to unlocked at IGN.com. All right, Alana. Uh, IGN Prime is an awesome way to support IGN mm-hmm. and... You in return you get a better IGN experience. It takes ads free off games of as well, right? Free games, <laughs> occasional beta codes for things, mm-hmm. and yeah, most importantly, no ads before videos, no ads on the the mm-hmm. homepage. So that costs thirty bucks a year. If you're interested in that arrangement, yeah. you can go to ign.com/prime. We also now, yeah, you and I maybe you know this Friday might be a good time. Let's get some unlocked plays going. Yeah, totally. We've. Keep, oh no, I was actually thinking because last week we it. spoke about Tony's Pizza. Yes, we should do our first food review. Yes, let's just go in and give the pizza scores individually. I'm. I will take any. That's a, the best idea. We can do I've it with burgers. Today. We'll do it with pizza. Yeah, we'll do it with just like lots of San Francisco well, food. Yeah. What's so? Let's see here. I'm back next Friday. Yeah, we can pretty much whenever. Yeah, I feel like Fridays is a good day. We'll go eat some food and uh, talk about it. I like that. People liked it last week. We spoke about pizza and cheese that, for a super long time. Yeah, we did get... And we I tell you... A lot of positive tweets about it. A lot of positive tweets. And, and you would not believe the number of tweets that I got that were... I listened to Unlocked and then I immediately ordered pizza. Yeah. Like, apparently the mere mention of pizza, particularly mm, I want pizza. as we described it in, yeah. in our articulate... Uh, very enthusiastic way yeah was enough to get everyone else to order pizza as they heard it yeah we did good so you're welcome local pizza establishments Mm -hmm. that we caused help that one spike in a spike in business for spike briefly (laughs) um but yeah our youtube channel is youtube.com slash ign unlocked and we're planning to do a bunch of like weird cool stuff on there like reviewing pizza and burgers it'll be great because it's Why fun. not? Why not? Yeah. It's also exactly. relevant to the podcast because we talk about food a lot. A lot. Yeah. It's a weird for like our podcast is pretty much all skinny people, but we talk about That is true. <laughs> we talk about food like yeah. a lot. Yeah. You'd think we'd never eat at all. Well, I have cheat days on Saturdays. So that's the day, you know, last Saturday was my cheat day, so I I went to this restaurant, I bought a burger, and it was a bad burger. Mm. I cannot. So you like you felt you were probably mad about it. I right? waited all week. Yeah. to eat a burger, and then it sucked. It was bad. It was so. You want to throw them under like, the bus? I was legitimately where, angry. Where was this? I don't know the name of the place. It was just. It by, wasn't a uh, chain though. It was just like a local establishment. Yeah, it was, it was a restaurant. It was just by like Lake Merritt in Oakland. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was just this terrible burger that just had almost no flavor, and I was like, I wait every Saturday. I get a burger or I get pizza. Right. And I had this crappy burger. All right, so. Are you a big? You're a big burger fan. I then. love burgers. So yeah. we're gonna go back to In and Out, and we're mm-hmm. gonna do that, mm-hmm. and we're gonna try and. I think keep... Whataburger is probably one of my favorites. There's also this. They're uh, not here. No, they're only Texas. Arizona has it as right. well. I think kind of the south, southwest, south southwest. Yeah, yeah. I, Whataburger is really good. Yeah, I, I, I've, I haven't had it in so many years, but I don't remember loving because I lived in oh. Arizona for years. Hmm. But Whataburger was never big on my list I guess my second would be smash burger smash is good i like smash burger uh what i was gonna say was when we have an excuse to do a like proper business lunch we should i want to take you to marlo down the street are you familiar mm-hmm. with marlo oh let's 
it's seriously one of the it's like been voted the best burger in san francisco oh, wow. and it's real good huh, like added. it's super good i did have a really really good like slide style burger at this one place in the mission that uh, my dad and I went and got one each and then ended up buying three more. Nice. It was very small, but they were just incredible burgers. If I like, go out and ask Brian Altano, he'll know the place, but it was just hmm. like the best burger I think I've ever had. That's high praise. Yeah, it was really good. Have you been to Five Guys yet? No. No. So there is one. It's We'd have to drive. It's not, which we do for In-N-Out too, but yeah. five, there, is a, there are a couple of Five Guys. One of them is kind of close. We'd have to take like a bit of a long lunch, but... <laughs> It's it's out there. Yeah, check so, it out. Yeah, burger. Like we cast. have videos about it. <laughs> it's it's for work, you guys. Exactly. Seriously, we can expense it now. It's fine. Okay. Uh, so the shark, you can follow him at Shot by Finnegan. Uh, actually, I'll, 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 tell me what you've been up to before I selfishly hog the spotlight. I mean, the biggest thing uh, that right now that I would want people to check out was the Gears in 5 Minutes which yes. should be up by the time that you watch this it took a really really long time it was a team effort like a lot of people had to put that together and you watch those videos because I remember watching them before I came to IGN and being like cool but I didn't realize that it would be like two full weeks of work like it was hot um, but super fun and yeah I really enjoyed it I recently published a really cool cosplay article about this absolutely amazing uh, Metal Gear cosplayer so that you can check out on the site and also I was on Up at Noon last week uh, which was lots of fun. So there's tons of breakouts from that. Talking about lazy Pokemon and now favorite Dragon Ball characters and nice. stuff. So. And in all yeah. seriousness, yeah, you did an awesome job on the Gears War in five minutes thing. Thank and you. I genuinely encourage everybody to watch it because you're probably like me where maybe you haven't played the Gears games since they came out. Yeah, I mean, I know Ultimate, stuff. the Ultimate Edition for Xbox One came out. But, you know, there's two and three. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually a great way to just brush up on what the hell happened. Yeah, so you're Because I forgot a lot of those little details. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, there was... Part of the reason that I think Gears of War 2 was dumb was because there was a total Star Trek Borg queen. Like, there was the Locust Queen, and I remember... She's in three, too. How ridiculous... But she, they introduced her in two. Like, she was, yeah. did not exist in Gears of War 1. And then yeah. all of a sudden, oh, there's a queen! Like, oh, come on! Gears of War 1 was a really good stand. What, is this just Star Trek First Contact? Yeah, like, it is kind of dumb. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, so... And an underground city. Like, the, the weirdest thing about writing that was that apparently they just don't, don't have any geologists on Sarah because nobody figured out that the entire planet was just locust tunnels and that right. they had it was a, big a ant city. Farm. Like, just nobody knew. <laughs> like, how did nobody figure that out? But the, Whoops doesn't make any sense that they figured out that Jacinto was on bedrock that couldn't be penetrated but they didn't figure out that everything else wasn't and had holes every it's so weird you're all real dumb hashtag Sarah logic yep anyway yeah watch that video because it's just a it's a good way to brush up mm-hmm. even if you have played all three games which I certainly had and well you touched on judgment for like two seconds too yeah but yeah good way to catch up uh, you can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. If you like the T-shirt I'm wearing, I made it. And you can find the link to buy one from me at uh, on my Twitter profile. And let's see. Yeah, Gears of War wrapping up for IGN First. The next IGN First starts Tuesday after the yeah, Labor Day that's holiday. A, that's a cool one. It's one that I'm pretty sure nobody's going to expect. Definitely. It's a, it is a game that's already been announced. But, yeah, you'll probably, probably be taken by surprise. But hopefully you'll like it. Um, it's the game looks really great. Obviously, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have chosen it yeah. <laughs> if I weren't excited about yeah. it. But yeah, curious to get that coverage started. And yeah, I'll be at the PlayStation event next week. Um, so I think maybe when when I get back, we'll talk kind of if, talk about what 
Scorpio event might look like in the in the wake yeah. of however this thing goes. Yeah, or well, when we think that they would do that. Or, right. Yeah. So, uh, hope you have fun without me on the show next week. Uh, yes, Ryan is going to die again. Again. Sean died earlier in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. He, well, he, like, threw himself out. Yeah, he did. I didn't even throw him out. He threw he didn't himself even have to, out. Yeah. All right. For the dearly departed mm-hmm. Sean the Shark Finnegan and the fantastic Alana Pierce, mm-hmm. my name's Ryan McCaffrey. This was Podcast Unlocked episode, my goodness, 261. Uh, we will be back. They'll be back. Yes. While I'm in New York next week. Bye. Bye.